Good morning. Good morning. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My name is Connie Randall. I know most of you, but some of you may not. And I happen to have the privilege of being your pastoral intern here at Grace. So welcome. And it's my honor and my privilege to bring you the word of God this morning. Well, I was thinking there are many announcements in our daily lives, aren't there? And we're bombarded with media, with advertising, politics. Just, it seems like every time we turn around, there's an announcement. We have text messaging, we have email, and we have Twitter, we have Facebook. And we just rang in a new year and a new decade. That just blows my mind. <laughs> and if you watched the ball drop, you saw 2011 announced at the New Year's Eve Channel 7 with Dick Clark and what's his name, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> and we're here today on the second day of a new year. And I don't know if you're like me, but I came with hope and expectation. And we probably, a lot of us, have made New Year's resolutions. Or maybe we're past that. Anyway, this last year, I don't know about you, but for me, um, it was a struggle. And I know across our nation, it was a struggle because of our economic situation. And I know that many of you, because I know many of you personally, that's one of the honors that I have of being part of this family at Grace, is getting to know you. Many of you have lost your jobs. Many of you have lost your retirement funds. And there are many of you who are wondering if you can keep your home. I know my husband and I, we were working for a whole year on trying to get a loan modification. And we got a Christmas present saying it finally got approved after a whole year. And that was really nice. Well, many of you now, too, are living without a spouse. I know, I know you personally and have been involved in helping you with the service for your, your spouse, and now you're learning to live alone without that loved one. And many of you in the last decade, if you're like me, have lost your mom or your dad. And I know that many of you, too, are facing major health issues. I know for one that uh, Rob is going through, over there, going through his... Uh, weeks of chemotherapy. And there are many of you who are facing challenges with your children and your adult children. And you're wondering what you can do to help them. Well, together, like today, like I said, we gather as a family. And I would love to uh, read God's word to you on the passage that we're looking at today. And that's going to be from John 1. 29 through 39. If you'd like to follow along, there are Bibles in your pews, and we're going to be reading from the New International Version, starting at verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the man I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I myself did not know him, 
but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come, come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him, and it was about the tenth hour. Well, today, John the Baptist announces Jesus as the Lamb of God and as the Son of God. And then we see Jesus give an invitation. And we look at the, what the Lamb of God means in, verses, in verse 29. He said that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it says, look. In a different version of the Bible, the English Standard Version, it says, behold. And that means to observe, to look, to look at with surprise and awe. And I was reminded of my uh, three-year-old granddaughter's exclamation the other day when I was in Tucson, Arizona, and we were in the parking lot coming out of a movie, and she's sitting in the back seat, and my daughter-in-law's driving, and all of a sudden she goes, look, Grandma, Jesus. And it was so sweet because in the car in front of us, there was a cross hanging from the rearview mirror. I thought, oh, that's so sweet. So that reminded me of that. Um, and now we're going to look back a little bit to the Old Testament for the meaning of what that Lamb of God meant. What did John the Baptist mean when he said, look, the Lamb of God? Now, I'm not going to read all the Old Testament references to you, but if you're taking notes, um, uh, you could look at Exodus 12:3, Isaiah 53, 7 and 12, 1 Peter 1, 19, which is a New Testament, but it talks about the Lamb of God, and Leviticus 16. So I'm just going to give you a synopsis of what that meant. Well, the Lamb had an important place in sacrifice of the Jewish people to atone for sin. They had to have that in order to cover their sin. A Lamb was used for sacrifice during the annual Passover, as well as in the daily sacrifices of Israel. Now, on the Sabbath, number of the offerings was doubled and some of the great festivals had a large number of those that were laid upon the altar. All of this would be familiar to John the Baptist when he said this about Jesus. Because John was a member of the priestly family. Now in Exodus 12, it also says, um, I mean, it talks about that. But see, John, because Passover was near, would have had this on his mind. So he saw through the Holy Spirit that God had told him that Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise. That once and for all, Jesus 
was going to be that lamb once and for all sacrifice. No longer would they have to go and sacrifice that lamb. <clears throat> he saw that that promise would provide the sacrifice that then would bear the curse of the sin and for the whole world. So there's a lot of meaning here in that statement of his announcement. Now, in verse 30, John talks about that this is what I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Now, if you were with us last week, we saw that John was talking about that one who comes after me would be, well, he would be the one because they were questioning him who he was, who John was, why he was baptizing. And John 1, 1 also says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So John knew that Jesus was before even time. He was with God when God created and in verse 31, 31, John had known Jesus personally. He had not known him personally. But yet God had told him when he was in the wilderness that this was that Jesus was coming. That God had revealed this to him and that he would be revealed to Israel. And John was the one who prepared the way. Well, John's announcement of Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away sin of the world is also an announcement for us today. I'm kind of squeaking here, aren't I? This is making noise. God's word is the same for you and I today as it was yesterday and as it will be forever. What does it mean for you and me? Well, just as Melanie, my three-year-old granddaughter, got so excited because she saw that cross and that rearview mirror, so it is for you and me. I get so, as many years as I've, I've had the honor of studying the word, I get so excited about what it means to know Jesus and to find out more about him. I love to, to study and learn more and more all that I can. It is exciting. The Lamb of God has come for you and for me to behold and to see and to believe. And there's something for us as a principle to learn from this too is that Jesus as the Lamb of God offers you and I his sacrifice for our sins and he provides salvation. So who is Jesus to you? Something for you to ponder as we continue now as John announces Jesus as the Son of God. And in verses 32 through 34, if you're following along with me, John gave this testimony. He said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him, except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. And the man whom you see the Spirit come down on remain is, is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So if we go back to the Gospel of Mark, he tells us that this was when Jesus came up to John to be baptized and this is when the spirit descended on him and I would like to read that for you in Mark 1 9 through 11 now at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan as Jesus was coming up out of the water 
he saw heaven being open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. Jesus was baptized by John to identify with his people to symbolize that he took himself upon himself the sins of humankind. And the dove was a trustworthy messenger, a bearer of good tidings. And it interprets Jesus as the power to proclaim the messianic, meaning he was the Messiah who would bring good news. And they were expecting this. And then looking back at, uh, in the Old Testament again, which as I said last week, the Bible is, is from the beginning to the end has a beautiful red thread going through. And this is what it was prophesied long ago in Isaiah 61.1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That was from Isaiah. And this was this moment in the spirit coming on Jesus. And that voice from heaven saying, this is my son. And that was also uh, another prophecy from Isaiah 42, which says, here is my servant upon whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. So all of this was being fulfilled now. Jesus is the true and faithful son of God, God's one and only son, and is proclaimed here. And then John explains this testimony in verse 33 of John when he says that he did not know him, but yet that he, he was going to be the one that did that. And John 33 he said he would not have known him if God hadn't told him. And in, in uh, Acts 1, 4 through three, 4 or 5, it talks about this as well, that um, there was a promise of the Holy Spirit that was going to come that Jesus even said was going to happen. This was after Jesus died and was resurrected. He promised that he was going to send his spirit. And Acts 2, 1 through 36 talks about the same thing. And Acts is in the New Testament, right after the Gospels. That the Spirit gives each believer various spiritual gifts. One Spirit, one God. The Holy Spirit works in our lives, our daily lives. And he enables us to fight against our struggles, to fight against our sin. To empower us to live every day. When we face all the hard things that we've had to face this last year. Many of you sitting here, I know, like I said, I know that you have. And he gives us hope. And he, we can ask for that, and he promises to give it to us. And then John continues his explanation. I love how he just says, well, now this is what it, you know, it all means. In 34, he says, I have seen and I testify. Again, he's saying, I testify, I bore witness that this is the Son of God. Well, believers today, that's you and I, 
are called sons and daughters of God. Believers in God's Son, Jesus, through the Spirit living in us, we call God Abba, Father. So it is for us today, our Abba, Father. <laughs> in Romans 8, 15 through 16, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And today, I don't know if you know it, but in the church history, this is called Epiphany. Epiphany Sunday. Which means to appear means appearance and a manifestation is a Christian feast day that celebrates the revelation of God that the Son, God, uh, the Son as a human being in Jesus Christ. So we're celebrating that today. And in a lot of Christian circles, it's a, like celebrated 12 days of Christmas. I think I'm getting that right, right, Joe? <laughs> Yes. Okay. We got it. We got it. <laughs> but we can celebrate it today. How's that? <laughs> well, and Jesus, as Son of God, offers us his indwelling Holy Spirit. And that's good news. That's a great announcement for us. So now we've seen the two announcements of Jesus as the Lamb of God and Jesus as the Son of God. And now we have an invitation we see in verses 35 to 39. Jesus gives an invitation to come and see. Now the next day, John, meaning John the Baptist, was there again in that same place where he was with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And I love that because these two disciples of John's had followed John and given his, their allegiance to him because they believed what he was talking about. They believed in his baptism. And now because of what John had said about Jesus, they're going to follow Jesus. And I love that. Jesus notices them following. And he asks them, what do you want? In other words, what are you seeking in life? Well, they said they wanted to come and see where he was staying. And to me, that says a lot about Jesus. He was inviting them to come and hang out with him. Because, you know, you can learn a lot about a person by spending time with them, can't you? You know what they're made of. You know their heart. And Jesus knew this was going to be his ministry, spending time teaching those around him what it meant to know him, what it meant that he came to earth as God's son to redeem the world. And Jesus gives us a personal invitation as well. He invites you and me to come and see. What are you seeking in your life? What answers are you seeking? 
I know in my life there's been many times where I have sought answers in the wrong, all the wrong places. But I learned that only true answers are in Jesus and that he accepts us wherever we're at. We don't have to be perfect to come. He says, come, come and see. I hope that you will accept that invitation today, that you will come and see. That 2011 will be a new way for you to get to know Jesus in a new way. Maybe you need renewal. Maybe you've walked with the Lord for many, many years, but you feel far away from him. Maybe you don't even know who he is, and you're here because you're seeking that. That's great, because he will honor that request. Well, there are many things now that we have shared, that I've shared with you from God's word today. One, that Jesus is the Lamb of God, and that he offers you and I his sacrifice for sin, and he provides salvation. Jesus, as the Son of God, offers us his indwelling Holy Spirit. And Jesus gives us a personal invitation to follow him and learn from him. Continue learning, seeking, because he will honor. Even if you've never studied the Bible, just opening and reading it for yourself, he will give you something always. As I said, what are you seeking? What do you need? Who is Jesus to you? We, do you maybe need refreshment and revival? I always need that. I always want it. <laughs> Jesus wants to give you and me all that we are seeking, all that we desire. He wants to hang out with us. And he wants to give you and me his empowering Holy Spirit. And today I would encourage you, if you're at that place where you feel like you you don't know which way the road's going to go for you, or you don't know really what it is you're seeking, or you're really having a hard, hard time in life. Maybe you're suffering from depression. Whatever it is, I would encourage you to take a moment after communion. Come to the altar. Have one of our prayer teams pray for you. We are honored to do that. And to come and to learn more. Come here and join our family at Grace. We have many opportunities for you to come and learn who this Jesus is. Keep coming. So I thank you so much for allowing me to bring you God's word today. Amen.